And, and I'm not going to um, do a kind of typical Christmas nativity play sermon today because Christmas is not just for children and Christmas is not just for families. Christmas is wonderfully good news for all of us. And we've heard what Christmas is about in the songs that we've sung and in the readings that we have listened to. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On a land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. It is great news for all people that Jesus has come. And so while Christmas is great fun for kids, and if you have a family, you will know the joy of seeing your children wanting to rush and open their presents and how much fun they have, and we love it. But that isn't what Christmas is about. And Christmas is more than a lovely story about a mother and the birth of a child. Christmas is about the fulfillment of centuries of prophetic promise. Jim read Isaiah uh, chapter 9 to us. Uh, Bola read Micah chapter 5 to us. 700 years before the birth of Jesus, and these people are prophesying there is a Messiah to come. There is going to be a king of the Jews like no other king who has ever been before. He is going to save all mankind. He's going to rule in the power of God and in the greatness of his name. And his power and his kingdom will extend to all peoples all over the world. It is absolutely wonderful that this is not just about the birth of a baby and a mother. It isn't just a nice story about a nice event. This is the coming of the one who is going to save the entire world. And the state of the world that Jesus came into is on full display in the passage that George read to us from Matthew. You've got King Herod, the king of the Jews. He, he doesn't want this Messiah to come. The coming of the Messiah for King Herod means an end to his kingship. It means his kingdom isn't going to go on anymore. And he doesn't want that. So he resists Jesus. When we do this nativity play that we do at schools, it, it all fits so neatly, doesn't it? And in about five minutes, we can tell the whole story of Christmas. And yet the Magi who visited Jesus in the passage that George read to us today, they went on a two-year pilgrimage. Two years. So we, we turn this into a five-minute story. These guys were traveling for two years. They were so keen to see the King of the Jews. And so we see in, in a defenseless baby the hope of all the world. And you see how fragile and... and, and incomprehensible God's plans appear to be how could a baby be the hope of the world it can't protect itself and the hope of the world rests on its shoulders how can this be and yet for those of us at Jubilee who have been going through the book of 1 Samuel in the last few months we see that God protects his anointed and God came to Joseph in a dream and warned him and so they fled to Egypt. I'm going to make three short points tonight. 
One is that Christmas reminds us that we are not enough. I'm sorry to tell you that. I know the world says you are enough. You know, it's like that L'Oreal advert, because you're worth it. We are not enough. We need a saviour. We needed a saviour. Christmas reminds us how much God loves us. And Christmas reminds us that worshipping God and walking with him involves an ongoing decision. I, I absolutely love the donuts upstairs in Sainsbury's. I, I try not to eat them too often, but I do. I love them. I have a real soft spot for them. Just the five sugar jam donuts that you get up in Sainsbury's. I love them. And because I try not to have them too often, when I get like a real hankering for a donut, I go and get one. And sometimes it's like a dud batch. And you eat a donut you, you've been so longing for, and it really doesn't hit the spot. And I'm just left like, oh, I know I'm going to buy more donuts tomorrow now. You know, that donut didn't do it. I know I'm going to buy more donuts. In the hope that the next batch will be a donut that really hits the spot and makes me, you know, satisfies that craving for a donut. For the people of Israel and for us, we're like that dud batch of donuts. We get a donut, but it doesn't quite satisfy. We're left wanting more. And so for the people of Israel, every king, every victory, every sign of hope and belief that it's going to be different this time was always dashed, was always people left wanting more. And we're the same. We're the same, aren't we? We wish that we weren't as weak as we are, if we're really honest with ourselves. We wish we didn't fail as we do. We wish that we didn't let others down or even hurt others, and yet we do. And we find that we try so hard to conceal our weaknesses and to conceal our failures, but there is so much relief in giving them all to God and just hearing him speak his love over us. Hearing him remind us that he brings good out of every situation. That even the the greatest mess and chaos he brings order to. Christmas reminds us how much he loves us. We see in the story of Christmas that God spared no expense. He stopped at nothing. He sent his His only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. And it's that that the deep peace of Christmas is found. It's not in the full belly and the undone top button. It's not in seeing a happy family. It's not in watching Goonies for the hundredth time. It is in remembering the gift that has been given, which was given freely, which we receive freely. It's wonderful news. We're secure in God's love. We can remember how far he went. In the readings that we heard today, we heard what God is like. Wonderful counsellor, everlasting father, prince of peace. He's just, he's righteous. We see in him sending his son that his love is generous, it is sacrificial, it is selfless, it's, it's everything that we celebrate at Christmas and we love him all the more 
for it. Lastly, Christmas reminds us that following God is an ongoing decision. Walking with him is an ongoing decision. Every journey starts with a first step. There, 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 there is a, as I say, Christmas draws a line. Which side do you stand on it? Is it a lovely story about the birth of a child and, and a virgin mother? Or, or is it actually about the fulfillment of prophetic utterance? Is it about God's plans being worked out for all humankind? You have to stand on one side of that line. But even though every journey starts with one step... And some of you might want to take that step for the first time today to say, I believe that this is a story about the fulfillment of prophecy. That this is the story about the coming of the promised Messiah who would save the world, who would reveal the love of God and would be at work in people's lives. It's a a journey that is ongoing. It's a decision that we have to ongoingly make. The Magi walked for two years. Every step of that two-year pilgrimage, they had to continue to decide that they were going to find him. They are going to see this king of the Jews who has been born. They saw his star rise in the east and they said, we're going to find him, we're going to worship him. When they found him and they bowed and they worshipped him, again, they chose him over others. They continued to choose him. And they gave him gifts. They gave him gold to mark him out as a king. They gave him frankincense to mark him out as a priest of God's people. And they gave him myrrh, which is used to prepare people for burial. And they were saying what sort of life and death this baby was going to live. The prophetic prophetic promise never stopped. Herod, in contrast, made the ongoing decision to reject Jesus, to not believe that he was good news, to not believe that he was the fulfilment of prophecy, but that he was a threat to his own throne. And this Christmas and tonight, the invitation is the same to us as it was to the Magi two years before they eventually met Jesus. To quote the lyrics of the song that we've just had performed to us, will we make room in our hearts? Will we exchange our dreams for his glory? Will we, this Christmas, allow for the interruption of normal life so that we can say yes to a bigger and better plan for our lives than any we could possibly imagine for ourselves and will we surrender all of the comfort that we hold so dearly and all of the things that we think we need to cope in order to say yes to Jesus I hope that the answer to all of those questions tonight is yes if you've said yes to those questions tonight for the first time I would love to talk with you or anyone here who you know who has brought you would love to talk to you as well With all my heart, I believe that Jesus is more than just a baby who was born in a manger and it was a lovely story. With all my heart and with every experience of the last 20 years, I know that he is alive and at work in the world. And I pray that you take a moment to 
taste and see that he's good. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I pray that you do that. I pray that you take a moment this Christmas to remember the true power and significance of the story of Christmas. And whether you are alone or whether you are with family or with friends, I pray that you know the close fellowship of your loving Heavenly Father and his Son who he sent to save you, who came as a baby, who lived a perfect life, died a sinner's death that he didn't deserve and who rose again. And as Phil prayed, seated at the right hand of the Father, praying now for us all. We're going to sing one last song. I promised I wouldn't speak for too long. Shall we?